Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education and Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. We have had a little break. The first thing I'm going to say is you probably hear something in the background. That is Jack. We are traveling, and uh, my guy is here with me. Our big kids are um, on a... There he is. Our big kids are on a college tour, and um, this is the best we could do. As you know, we like to say that we're perfectly imperfect here at Ashley Barlow Company. My life is real. Your life is real. And none of it's easy. <laughs> so here we are. I hope the background noise isn't too terribly distracting. My kids go back to school in a little over a week. So we should be back to normal schedule and normalcy here in a little bit. I want to talk about inclusion today because as we are approaching the school year, that is always a big topic that comes into my office for consultations, for representation. It's something that my tutors are working on over at the tutoring center quite a bit, providing supports for students that need more inclusive education. So today we're going to talk about the difference between inclusion and integration, what those two concepts are, and then how to differentiate between them. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this topic as we kind of get into the school year. So first of all, I did want to say that I apologize that we took a couple of weeks off. We have never done that here at the podcast. We've taken one week off, but we've never gone a few or a couple of weeks without an M. We have had a crazy five-week stint at the Barlow household. I was sick for a week. Um, I now am pretty certain I had COVID because of the way it went through. I tested a lot because I was trying to protect my family, and I kept testing negative, but... Then Griffin got COVID, and so he got it at a swim meet. So I chaperoned a swim meet for four or five, six days, something like that. Then he had COVID, so he didn't have a babysitter. And then the next week, my husband and the babysitter said exactly what I would have said. Nope, not coming over. And then Griffin got food poisoning that required um, a trip to the ER. He got super dis. And then I spent a week in California with him for a big swim meet. And now we are still in California trying to crank out some college visits. So the past five weeks here at, at Shea Barlow have been anything but normal. Lots of twists and turns. We had a Missed Pink concert in the middle of it. My best friend came down for that. And then all the wheels fell off at our house and we had 17 kinds of illness. It, it's been it's been exciting. So anyway, a little bit of behind the scenes reason to why we just couldn't crank out any podcasts. I don't like to give you, you know, stuff that isn't helpful. And so that's what's going on. But now we should be back and we should be ready. I've got some guests lined up and we're going to hit the ground running here. So let's dive into this concept of inclusion and integration. 
you know, my journey in special education advocacy for my own family really started with inclusion. I think if you've followed us long enough, you know that I had a very difficult time convincing my school district that Jack belonged in an inclusive kindergarten. The school district initially wanted us to educate him in a school across town that had a self-contained classroom and they would do push-in services, but the majority of his day would be spent in a self-contained classroom at a school other than his home school, and that was simply not acceptable to me. Now that we are through elementary school and we had that inclusive environment at his home school, I can say with Definity that that was absolutely worth the advocacy. It took me about nine months. It took us about nine months to get the right supports in place for him, to get the right school set up, and to help our school to kind of understand that they could do it, right? And that's really kind of what it what it took for us. But, you know, it's funny because... As I have really explored the concepts of inclusion and all of the supports that are necessary to do inclusion well, and, you know, even kind of like thought about the definition of inclusion, which is something that I spent like a year and a half doing when I was in a, on a committee with one of the national Down syndrome organizations, I really keep coming back to the fact that there really is no definition to inclusion and there is no like actual definitive meaning to inclusion. But here's the thing. The real thing about inclusion is differentiating it from integration. So inclusion in school refers to this kind of practice, this concept, this this whole body of work that involves educating students with disabilities alongside of their typical peers, but actually with their typical, typically developing peers in the general education classroom. Now, of course, this involves a lot of accommodations and modifications. So we have to modify, for a lot of students, we have to modify that curriculum. We've got to get kind of to the heart of the curriculum, depending on the child's cognitive functioning and regulation and all of those things that impact their ability to access that general education material. And we have to provide accommodations. We've got to provide breaks and, you know, sensory tools and behavior strategies and all of the other accommodations that help each particular student access that gen ed environment and the gen ed materials, the actual content. So the aim with an inclusive environment is to provide that supportive, modified, accommodating learning environment that really meets the individual needs of each student. So when we think about inclusion, we aren't talking about necessarily, oh, now we're getting a train. We aren't talking necessarily about the actual, you know, or or the mere right to access to quality education. We are talking about giving students all of the supports and the modifications that are necessary for them to access their special education plan and the generalized, the general education services. Now, IEPs, of course, are crucial in this idea of inclusion, right? Because the IEP provides that individualized plan to specifically address the child's needs, to address those areas of growth opportunity, to address what the 
what the learning profile says the child needs to work on next, right? So what's our next academic skill in reading and math and reading comprehension and math calculation and task completion and attention span and social emotional learning and expressive language, whatever it is. So we work on these goals and the, and we specify how the child is going to get that specially designed instruction to help them meet those goals. If we're looking at an inclusive IEP, we are looking at how we can do this in an inclusive setting or what, it, you know, in my personal opinion, where the child is going to benefit the most environmentally. So is a child going to benefit most from that specially designed instruction in the gen ed classroom? Can we push it into the gen ed classroom? Can we find ways to integrate it into the gen ed classroom? Do we need some pull out time in order to get um, specialized one-on-one -on -one work or small group work or a less busy environment? What does that look like? So the IEP team, of course, which includes the parents and, and the other um, school people on the team, collaboratively need to work to get those supports in place. Now let's kind of look at integration because integration is entirely different. In the context of school, integration really just refers to the practice, the idea, the concept of basically like blending students with disabilities into the gen ed setting for specific activities, specific classes, specific purposes but then providing most of the specialized services outside of that regular or general education classroom. So we're simply integrating students with disabilities. We're, we're allowing them access to the general education population, but their specialized services, their, their goals and their main even like generalized education is done in a separate setting in a self-contained classroom or in a specialized classroom. So this is different than inclusion because with inclusion, students with disabilities spend the majority of their time in the, in the gen ed classroom. When we're just integrating students into the gen ed classroom, the majority of their time is spent in a, a special classroom, in a self-contained classroom or some other specialized program. Now, Integration, in my professional opinion, might be appropriate for students that really need those specialized classes. Congress, when they made this continuum of placements along the, the continuum of placements, they decided that we needed specialized classrooms. And there was a lot of research that went into why we need specialized classrooms. There are, in my professional experience and professional opinion, some students that need that specialized classroom. They cannot keep up with school at all. They cannot access the generalized curriculum, even with significant modifications, even with significant accommodations. And it wouldn't be fruitful for them to be in that curriculum. However, on the other hand, in a very specialized context, they can really benefit from therapies from social interaction, from creative play, from modified academics, but, but academics that are modified so significantly that they can access them. So, you know, there are students that benefit from those specialized settings. I've had plenty of students that, you know, are nonverbal, that are 
you know, significantly cognitively impaired that might utilize wheelchairs for uh, mobility. And um, I've got, I've had plenty of students with those characteristics that have done beautifully and really thrive in inclusive settings. And I've had plenty of um, students in my practice that um, would be entirely overwhelmed and intimidated and would be, I think intimidated is the right word, and would just completely shut down if they were to spend eight hours in even the most supportive of inclusive environments. And so I want to say that we've got all of this, uh, all of these supports and all of these different placements. And I'm not saying that integration is wrong. Okay. And it is kind of tricky because this is such a hot topic. But basically, that's the difference between inclusion and integration. Most people in my practice are really advocating for inclusion. And they think that they're getting inclusion because their students, you know, their children are um, getting to go to special area classes like gym and, and music with their typically developing peers. And they get to spend lunch and maybe they get to go on field trips and um, maybe they get to go to recess. And they think, well, you know, that's enough time with their gen ed peers. That really is not inclusion. Because really to have inclusion, we have to have access to the general education curriculum. And it's got to include significant supports in that gen ed classroom to ensure that the child is in fact going to be successful. Anything else is simply integration where we are offering students access, but we aren't supporting them. And the access is not access to meaningful. So if you would like to know how to advocate for a more inclusive environment, I highly recommend that you pop over to my website, you click on the shop tab, and you look for the inclusion workshop. I think it's $49 and it will be money well spent. It's about an hour and a half long video. And it literally gives you all of the information that I provide to my friends that are advocates when they've got an inclusion case. I hope that this is helpful for you. We're going to continue talking about inclusion for at least another episode, maybe two. And I hope that you have a great beginning to the school year. If you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me by direct message or by email. There's even a little spot on my website where you can contact me. And I hope you have a great week. Hopefully we are all back to normal here at the Barlow House. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.